Welcome to the Refined Collective Podcast. I'm your host, Kat Harris. I'm co-founder of the online magazine, The Refined Woman, and my vision is to create a safe space where we can take off that Superman cape of having it all together and share our stories authentically and honestly. I really believe people are dying for the permission to be vulnerable, to just go there. But it takes someone being willing to go there first. It's my desire to do just that and invite you and others to do the same by removing that shiny mask of perfection and courageously sharing the imperfect journeys of life, spirituality, love, business, and everything in between. Welcome to another episode of the Refined Collective Podcast. I'm your host, Kat Harris, and today I am talking with Rebecca Lyons. Rebecca Lyons is a national speaker and best-selling author of You Are Free, Be Who You Already Are, and Free Fall to Fly, A Breathtaking Journey Toward a Life of Meaning. She's an old soul with a contemporary, honest voice. Rebecca reveals her own battles to overcome anxiety and depression and invites others to discover and boldly pursue their God-given purpose from a place of freedom. Alongside her husband, Gabe, she serves as co-founder of Q Ideas, a nonprofit organization that helps Christian leaders winsomely engage in culture. The organization's global live stream events feature thought leaders such as David Brooks, Malcolm Gladwell, Soledad O'Brien, and Tim Keller. Gabe and Rebecca are raising their three children and two toy poodles in Franklin, Tennessee. You guys are in for a treat. We dive into the deep end from minute one. So get ready for Rebecca. So today on the Refine Click the Podcast, I have the honor of talking with such a fabulous woman. And I want to tell you a little bit of context about how I know who Rebecca Lyons is. About three years ago, I attended a conference in New York called She is Free. And I was neck deep in health problems and health issues. And I was so discouraged in my life. And somehow a friend gave me a free ticket to to this conference. And I find myself at Rebecca Lyons' session. And she's talking about this struggle that she has had with anxiety that was so real and devastating and really traumatic in her life. And I was sitting there like, what in the world is this woman talking about? Like, sounds like she just needs to take a nap or something. She's just Mm -hmm. stressed. And so she's sharing her story and I just am not resonating at all. I, I don't even, I didn't even know how to really have empathy with it because I had never struggled with anxiety. So fast forward, leaving the conference, I, around a year later, started struggling with debilitating anxiety Mm. attacks. And a lot of you know my story. Um, But ever since then, I have wanted to talk with Rebecca because I'm like, oh my gosh, like she's a woman who gets it. And like, I didn't get it when I saw her talking. And now I know that feeling when I'm sharing my story of anxiety and the walking out process, I see the deer in headlights look that people give me that they have no idea what I'm talking about. And so I just really wanted to chat with you today, Rebecca. So welcome. Thank you. Thank you so much for being here. Oh goodness. I'm it's it's my joy. Didn't really want to be an anxiety girl, but here we go because I think God always makes our pain become purpose. And so mm. I'm I'm real excited and grateful to talk about it actually. 
Yeah, I am too. And I think even just what you said, like the biggest message that I preach is the biggest message that I need for myself. And I don't know if that's the same with you. Um, Mm -hmm. but I just wanted to, first of all, just acknowledge, like, even though I didn't understand your story years ago, like it speaks so near and dear to my soul. And I feel like a kindredness, mm-hmm. <laughs> not in within our pain, but also in our healing. And yes. I just wanted to hear more of your story, like mm-hmm. hear more of the struggle, the healing, and even just like dismantling this weird relationship that culture has with like, what is anxiety and what is panic and what is actually just feeling stressed and what is having an actual disorder? Oh, such a good question. And I'm glad we can just dump into, jump into the deep end. We're just diving into the deep end, girl. (laughs) This began for me in a traumatic way eight years ago. So I felt like early on when I developed panic disorder, when I moved to Manhattan in 2010, no one I knew had gone through that. No one had language for that. So I'm literally navigating this alone and uh, feeling like I was literally losing who I was. And mm-hmm. um, and people would, like you said, look at you like you've got, you know, three heads. Like It's like they feel sorry and they feel pity, but they just were like, you might just be like making half of this up. <laughs> right, like you're just being you know? dramatic or yeah. maybe you just need like, to go have a spa day. Yeah, <laughs> take a Xanax and be quiet. Yeah, um, mm-hmm. And so... Now it is true that the the low hum in New York City is obviously the ambient. It's it's amped, right? And mm. so um, I had come from the South, and I we had three kids. We moved there with three kids, two toy poodles, and a minivan. So oh that's gosh. not cool anywhere, but particularly when you're pulling into Midtown Manhattan. And we lived on the first residential street of the Upper East Side, so our corner was like Dylan's Candy Bar and Bloomingdale's and it was the Queensboro oh, wow. Bridge. So it was what would always be shut down when Obama was coming into town. So it was always a lot of noise, even on my street. Um, we'd hear sirens all night long and the hot dog cart at 5 a.m. would hit the pothole every morning. And we could walk to Central Park and the Apple stores there in the plaza. But it was just, it was a very loud, touristy part of the city. Mm-hmm. And so very exciting. You know, I'm like, yeah, Lord, like my youngest is going into kindergarten. I'm done with that 10, that decade of diapers, tears, and poop. I'm ready to like find my purpose again. I started taking night classes at Parsons because I'd always been into design, um, just a very creative, like um, I love just aesthetic and, and spatial awareness and all that stuff. So I wanted to do design. So I would, I would take the train every Friday night down to Union Square with and sit in classes at Parsons with kids half my age and, you know, just like kind of find my purpose again. I thought I was going to find meaning, this new midlife reset of meaning. And not to mention, I'm moving there with, as with three kids, I had a four-year-old, a seven-year-old and a nine-year-old. Most people leave the city when their kids get that age. I was coming to the city and my oldest Cade was, had Down syndrome. And so there was already trying to explain to him like, Hey buddy, I know you've ridden in a van your whole life, but now we're going to walk everywhere. And so there would be moments I wrote about my first book where he would just like flatline in the middle of, um, park Avenue and like, just sit 
in the middle of planes of traffic on the ground and just be like, I'm not, I'm done. I'm where's home. Where's my car. (laughs) And so I feel that way often. I'm like, I'm just (laughs) want to sit down right here. I'm tired of walking. I know. I'm like, there's, there's a bunch of taxis ready to press the gas pedal right now. And you're in the Mm -hmm. way, dude. (laughs) So, (laughs) So there was obviously all this like stress around it. Um, and there's just a lot of funny stories about that looking back. And at the time, it felt horrific. But looking back, I laugh because, I mean, just going to a city park, a city pool took 45 minutes and I didn't have the right combination lock for the locker. So my kids and I basically couldn't get in after an hour of just trying to swim in a city pool. Just the dumb mm-hmm. things you don't know because you're new to the city and you just don't right. know the rules. And it does not. And if you don't know the rules, you just you're not going to get anywhere. <laughs> right. Even so, if you do, I feel like New York has this way of just like. I feel like New York City is the great equalizer. It's like, I'm going to beat you down. Yeah, you surrender. Yes. (laughs) So all that to say quickly, let me fast forward. So four months in, so I'm chasing meaning. Instead, I find surrender. And today I can tell you that meaning follows surrender. And my surrender moment was my first panic attack in October. We moved there in June. Within four months, um, I had my first panic attack on an airplane, landing back in LaGuardia at midnight, coming Mm -hmm. back home from Atlanta. I'd gone there for the weekend, my old home, come back and something rose in me physically that I couldn't explain. But it was this idea that, and a panic disorder is different than an overall anxiety. A panic attack is when your body just responds as if you're under gunpoint, right? You're, Mm -hmm. it's like you're, if anyone's watched the movie Panic Room or Terror, there's this idea, your, your heart and your adrenaline takes over so intense that you think you're going to die. Like you physically feel the same fear as if somebody's holding you at gunpoint. Mm-hmm. And you, and and for me, it came out of claustrophobia. So it was like, if I don't mm-hmm. get off this plane, I'm going to be trapped in the back of this plane. I have no escape. And if I can't escape, I'm going to die. It, it's so delusional. Mm-hmm. It doesn't even really make sense. So in the air, mm-hmm. while we're hitting turbulence at midnight, I'm running towards the front of the plane. I mean, this is when everyone's like, no, no, buckle up. <laughs> this is rough winds. I'm like, no, 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 I'm running. There's no, nothing rational happening. So I run to the front, mm. collapse. And that begins about a year of feeling that. And so I would get off elevators at Bloomingdale's. If like three more people came on, I would get back off. Mm-hmm. If I tried to mm-hmm. take the G train to Queens, I would, you know, if, if we descended uh, 10 flights underground, I would feel like I was being buried alive. So I'd come back up mm-hmm. and then I'd try to take like the the tram or, you know, I would always have Mm -hmm. to almost find other ways to cope. And the worst was the Macy's parade. Gabe went early to try to get us seats on Central Park West. I went later, Mm -hmm. it's two hours later, no cell phones were working. I was literally saw people being smothered in crowds and being kind of crushed by like how deep that crowd went by two blocks. Mm -hmm. And I just finally collapsed and, and I was, I cried. I was like, I can't, I can't actually get through these people and I'm afraid I'll get stuck inside these people, this mm-hmm. group, this throng. And I, and again, I have an oldest son who's nonverbal, largely nonverbal. And I'm like, I can't, I can't risk not being here for him, not him mm-hmm. like being, getting like pulled into some direction where I can't. So you can imagine, right? All this is creating just this chronic unrest in me. Mm-hmm. And so a year later, I literally just, I, I don't know how else to say it this is God's kindness. Um, but 
I woke up in the middle of the night and then I started having panic attacks out of dreams. I would wake out of a dream mm. and I would just feel fear, that same adrenaline rush and I couldn't speak. So September 20th of 2011, almost a year later, um, this happens at three in the morning. And earlier that month, I was just like, I can't keep doing this. I don't know what this means. We will have to leave. I don't know. Like I just, I just had so surrendered to like the smallness of this and Gabe started praying for me that night in the middle of the night. And I found my voice and the Lord just literally gave me words. The spirit gave me words to say, rescue me, Mm. deliver me. I cannot do this without you. And in that Mm. moment, the weight of God's glory literally flattened me on the bed and I couldn't even move. It was gone. And um, I didn't give it the word, the language of healing um, for like a couple of years. But I do remember stepping out of my apartment the next day going, did it take? Like what's going on? Mm, and, yeah. Like almost afraid to hope that yeah. it could actually. Yeah. But yeah. what I did notice in my spirit is that when you're sick, you only see inward, you see what is broken, you see what is lost. Mm. You're obsessing with the pain and the brokenness that is inside mm. you. But when a healing journey begins, you begin to look up and you look out and you begin to see everyone else. And that day mm. I began to notice people, women in my city, just like me, one in four on on medication for anxiety or depression, gripped in fear. And so I started to study mental health in the church in particular, in general as well, and go like, this is 400 times what it was in 1988. Why are we so gripped in fear? What is the out, like the underlining pervasion of fear? Because anxiety had become my fancy word for fear. And it was almost as if, and then that New Year's Eve, this was September, New Year's Eve, I was with friends and they said, name your year in a word. And I said, rescue. And they said, why? Why are you saying rescue? I said, it's the first time I've known the rescue of God. In 30 years, I've called myself a Christian. And so that began this new way. Now, I didn't have panic attacks. I had one more like split second moment on a plane mm-hmm. when I was flying to my publisher that next summer because I was about to write this story. And of course, mm-hmm. of course, there's yeah. going to be something in that that's going to elicit some like doubt. But in, in that moment on the plane, it lasted about two minutes. And I just literally started to confess scripture over my heart. And I just said, Jesus, I come under your covering of peace. You are the Prince of Peace. So be my mm-hmm. peace. And mm-hmm. I would just start this practice of just constantly confessing his word. When he says, Rebecca, I don't give you fear. I give you power, love, and sound mind. So yes. focus on what I actually give you because everything else is not from me. And so mm-hmm. that was, um, I was able to live in that. And so I did not have a panic attack again for six years. And um, it was um, October of 16. And I'm starting my third book with that story because the Lord had a real promise for me in that experience. And so I'm not going to get all fully into that today. But what I do know is that the enemy is going after the mind right now, especially in the church, because we're Mm. not, we might not be blatantly, um, you know, there might not be blatant infidelity or blatant addictions. I mean, there are, trust me, I see Mm -hmm. it all. But for those who are trying to really serve God, please God, um, live a life that looks holy and acceptable unto Him, we're still going to actually be coming under the, the attack of the enemy because what He's after is to undermine our faith. What He's after is if there's always this just kind of low hum of like, you're not significant enough. Your, your life doesn't matter. Your, your, the work you do needs to be shinier and prettier and better. Maybe if you just mm. hustle a little bit harder. And what he wants to do is just wear us out. And he wants us to focus on ourselves and live from our own strength until we just burn out and then we give up. 
And then we don't actually really have much to offer the world because we look just like the world, right? We don't. And so I really started to study the arm of God. It begins with a belt of truth, which I believe is steeped in scripture. The more we know Mm -hmm. the truth, when we hear something, we know the difference between truth and a lie. So that's actually super helpful. So we can live in the world, but not be of it. Um, But then Mm -hmm. it ends with these feet that are shod with the message of the gospel of peace. And honestly, Mm -hmm. I believe that those of us who are gripped in anxiety— is an attack on the enemy because we are actually supposed to be harbingers of peace. We're supposed to be mm. carriers of peace. We are supposed to scream peace, shout peace from the rooftops and right. not peace in our name or not world peace, but peace under the Prince of Peace. And mm. um, that has really convicted me in these last couple of years that my message really to carry is rest in peace because Jesus invites us, our, come get away with me and you'll recover your life and you'll learn right. to walk free in light. And when we start to do that, then the world looks in and goes, huh, there's something here that's compelling and attractive. It's the aroma of Christ. And I I don't know what that is, but I see you having a story over here that looks so traumatic, yet now you're carrying peace. I I want to go that direction. I want to know what it is that brought you to that place. And so I'm so grateful for it. Yeah. I mean, even just when you're talking, I'm thinking of my, I have goosebumps all over my body because I just resonate with so much of your story. And once I started struggling with anxiety, I had my first, like, I call it like this balls to the walls, like yeah. anxiety attack. I was shooting a wedding and I was completely incapacitated for about five hours. Mm. And I thought I was dying. I thought I was having a heart attack. I couldn't breathe. Mm-hmm. Like I was so dizzy. And even just when you were saying like, you kind of like started to restructure your life around, okay, so I'm not going to go on that elevator. So I'm going to reroute this way because of that. Like Mm -hmm. I can totally relate to that because I feel like that's what we do so often with pain. It's like, well, I'm, I'm just going to like walk around with a broken leg and not really get it reset. I'm just going to like learn to walk with a limp. Mm -hmm. And that is the biggest thing that I've experienced walking through my own journey is I'm like, once I really started to like get into God's word, cause I was like, I need to know what's true. Right. <laughs> like, Absolutely. because what feels true is right in front of me. Exactly. And what is right in front of me is fear. I feel like yeah. my finances are up to me. I feel like my career is up to me. I feel like finding a husband is up to me. And when all of that is crashing down, if I am the one that's in control, like that's really scary. Yes. But I was like, wait a second, those things like aren't true. And I just was like, I need to know what's true. So let's get into God's word. And the more I was like getting into God's word, I was like, wait, like scripture says, God will fight for me. I need only to be still. Mm -hmm. He says, come drink from the fountain and I will give you rest. He says, come to me, all you who are weary and heavy laden. Mm -hmm. He says that he came to set us free from fear. And I'm Mm -hmm. like, oh my gosh, like I, we are walking around with limps and we're just saying like, oh, I'm stressed. Oh, I'm anxious. And that's the way it is. And I just am like wanting to shout it from the mountaintops. Now I'm like, no, God has freedom for us. Mm -hmm. Like we mask it in like, oh, I just have a lot going on or I'm just stressed. Like for me, I realize now I was having panic for years. Mm -hmm. I was waking up on a daily basis in the middle of the night with heart palpitations, like shooting up in bed, like not being able to breathe. And Mm. I was like, oh, I must be laying on the wrong side. Yeah. I was learning (laughs) to walk with a limp. Yeah. And now I'm like, no wonder we're ineffective because like, 
God has freedom for us, but we're just like, oh no, like it's like he's unlocked the cage. And mm-hmm. it's like, you're free, like you're free. Mm-hmm. And I'm like, no, no, no. I want to like hold on to this stress and anxiety. Mm-hmm. Why do you think so many of us, like we, the church culture, why do you think that we are clinging to this anxiety and fear as, oh, this is just the way life is going to be? Well, I'm I'm happy you asked. It's a hard conversation because what the Lord has really shown me in the last year is, and I, I literally broached this with fear and trembling because mm-hmm. I keep going like, why is the church so gripped in fear? Why, 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 or can we not be free? If, if Paul's whole message of Galatians is to don't run back to slavery, to try to earn your favor with God, then why are we doing this? And what God has shown me, um, I can't even tell you, what God has shown me in the last few months of our idolatry in the church, like our counterfeit gods, um, is see what it, has, what it has happened. And I can't believe that this is coming to the surface for me, but I wonder if anxiety the root of anxiety is idolatry, where God Mm -hmm. says, do you trust me in all these things like your finances or your Mm -hmm. purpose in life or your call or your your, your relationships or your your responsibilities? Do you trust me? And we say, actually, no, I don't. I trust myself. I trust mm-hmm. what I'm going to bring to these things. And I trust what other people think about me. And I trust who's going to promote me. And I trust that the only way I'm actually going to thrive is if, if I hustle, if I earn, and if I keep up. So what we're saying is we actually trust the slavery. We trust the system right. of slavery more than his provision, his promotion, his protection, his preservation. And mm-hmm. so what I've had to do in my own life is say, Holy Spirit, would you please show me any counterfeit gods in my life? Places mm-hmm. I have propped up, like whether it's my writing, have I elevated my gift of writing over you, the giver of words? <laughs> mm-hmm. Have I yeah. elevated my gift or my craft of teaching or preaching over who you are as my Father in heaven who says, I'm going to give you a message to free the captives, to, to preach mm-hmm. a message to the poor, the afflicted, to bind the broken heart. I think what happens is we start to just get our, our loves out of order. Our right. affections become worldly. They really do. I mean, I'm only saying this because I'm speaking to myself and how much God has made this like so big for me in my life. Mm-hmm. He's just like, do you serve no other gods before me? Do you, do you know that apart from me, you really are nothing? Do you see mm-hmm. me as a father in heaven who loves you so lavishly that literally hands you all these things for free? And mm-hmm. yet you still kind of start to worship the things you start mm-hmm. to really care a lot about the things and the deliverables. And, and so what happens when we create these counterfeit gods or these, I, this like, like version of idolatry of self, then, um, then we're always stressed out because the gods are, or the idols are always going to promise something, but they're not going to deliver anything. Mm-hmm. And eventually they'll, ca- they'll ask you to sacrifice your kids. And, right. and that has little, that's been so sobering for me that when I actually come before the Lord and I just say, my life is not my own God. Mm-hmm. I have been bought with a price and I've been set free and where the spirit of the Lord is in my heart, convicting me of sin and, and, and allowing me to lay that down. There is freedom. And I want mm-hmm. that freedom. That freedom is so much more attractive to me than any success man could offer. 
So um, as that's happening in my life, I find the fear just crumbles. It just yeah. dismantles because I really don't, I love Paul when he's like, I don't really preach this message for the approval of man. <laughs> I really yeah. don't. I don't look for your cheers. I don't, I don't look for your five-star reviews on Amazon. I do this because God compels me. The, the love of Christ compels me so much that I love the bride so much that I want to make sure that our hearts are clean before God so He can actually have His full work through, in and through us as we minister to people in the world. This episode of the Refined Collective Podcast is brought to you by my very own resource guide called Moving Through Fear. Now, I created this resource guide based off my own journey and process of moving through my own insecurities, fear narratives, and limiting beliefs. And let me tell you guys, if you're looking for a 10-step guide to freedom, you're in the wrong place because I'm no expert. I am on the journey with you, offering you tools graciously given to me over the years. So my prayer is that through this guide, you will know, believe, and experience that truth defeats fear and lies, that you are worth fighting for and you are not alone. So grab my free guide, Moving Through Fear, on the website, therefinedwoman.com slash freebie. That's F-R-E-E-B-I-E. And remember, I am on the journey with you. I think it's so interesting that God has designed our bodies to talk to us. Like I can say in my head, I believe God is in control. I believe he has a plan for my life. Like I, I don't believe I'm the captain of my own ship. Like God is my provider. Like we have this head knowledge, right? Like Mm -hmm. our heads are so big. And then at least like through anxiety, what I've learned is like our bodies are physically responding to what our mind is telling our body to do. And our mind is saying, this isn't safe, or this is scary, or you're at gunpoint. Mm -hmm. But our mind is responding to our thought life. Mm -hmm. And so for me, going through this whole journey, like simple things that I've heard being in the church and being a Christian for a long time now have come to mean a whole new thing. Like, oh, take every thought captive. Mm -hmm. Oh, like Mm -hmm. faith is choosing to believe the unseen. Mm -hmm. Like that takes courage to say like, oh, wait, okay, my body is reacting in a certain way right now. The first thing that happens for me now, Rebecca, if I feel like those whispers of anxiety, I'm like, what am I not believing about God? Yeah. Because underneath all of that for me, I mean, I had been a Christian for 15 years when I started struggling with anxiety. I would have never told you with my lips that I didn't trust God. Yeah. But my life, based off the results of my life, and I really had to get honest with myself, I was like, I don't believe God has my back. Right. I really believe it's up to me. And just confessing that before Him is so freeing, right? Sometimes Mm -hmm. we think that the repentance of unbelief is condemnation. And he goes, no, it's not. It's invitation. Like it's never Mm -hmm. condemnation. It's invitation. He's always coming back to us going, I'm inviting you into intimacy and relationship with me. And so I'm not, I, I don't keep a record of wrongs. I'm not looking at you shaking my head going like, oh, there she goes again. She's running mm-hmm. off trying to prove herself. He's like, no, I want to scoop you up and I want to hold you close. But um, mm-hmm. it, all, all you have to do is just come to me and go, God, I'm sorry. Like, I'm sorry that I don't trust you. I'm yeah. sorry that I keep trying to prop up my reputation and, and like live for myself. I'm sorry. Like, 
I, I know you forgive me, but even just the fact of saying it out loud frees me. It frees me mm-hmm. because if we confess our sin, he's always faithful and just to forgive us immediately and cleanse us, not just forgive mm-hmm. us. He cleanses us, meaning that we no longer struggle with that because we just right. were willing to say it. We were just willing to mm-hmm. say it, to like, let it out there into the air and go, God, I'm sorry. I invite you back in to be Lord of my life. I invite you back mm-hmm. in to be the one who, who directs my steps, who shows me the plans and purposes you have, which are far, what you tell me are far up exceeding and abundantly above all yes. I could ever make happen. So I, so mm-hmm. I, I'm just going to, I'm going to go your way. <laughs> and, yes. and Jesus is like, I'm the way and the truth of life. This is the way walk in it. He's basically mm-hmm. saying like, you know what? All your days were written in my book and planned before one of them began. Do you trust me? Do you trust me? And so this year, the Lord um, brought a little girl into our lives, December 1 of, so almost been a year, a little girl, five years old in China with Down syndrome. We're going to be empty nesters in five years. My oldest son is almost an adult in three months at 18. And he's like, "Um, this little girl's file is coming to the States tomorrow. Her name is Joy. And three Mm -hmm. years ago, I told the Lord, if you want me to adopt, you'll have to put her in front of me and I will name her Joy. And I just remember... I, I was like, wait a minute, I'm in my mid forties and um, you're asking me to say yes to Down syndrome at four, in my mid forties and adopt. And I remember going, does this mean I stop preaching or writing? And all I kept hearing God say, do you trust me? Do you trust me? Do you trust me? Do you trust me? And yeah. this has been a year of, do you trust me? And honestly, mm-hmm. it brings me to tears because I kind of go like, if I don't trust you, what do I even have? What is mm-hmm. faith for? What is the point if I can't look at you and go, you are my father in heaven who knows exactly what my heart needs even more than I do. If I can't trust you, even in the unknown and the sacrifice and the surrender, then I am no effect to the kingdom. Mm -hmm. I I, I literally don't, I don't help anything in the kingdom. Mm -hmm. If I can't give my life to you and say, yes, father, I trust you. I am yours. I know that you are my Abba Father and you put your spirit in me, prompted me to say that back to you. So yes, I trust you and I'm yours. Mm -hmm. And I know that you're going to have surprises around the bend. You're going to work crazy stuff out that I could never make happen. I don't, and I'll never get to boast in it because I know it was always you. And Mm -hmm. there's so much joy in that. There's so much freedom in giving our lives away whenever he asks Mm -hmm. us, do you trust me? And I don't, I, when that happens, when I live in that way, I, I don't feel fear. I'm fearless. It's crazy. Mm-hmm. I feel like God will just give me words. I'm like, all right, here we go. And, mm-hmm. and, I'm, and I'm grateful because I think this is what he calls us to. And sometimes we release our hands kicking in our white knuckled grasp, kicking and screaming. But on the other side of it, there is freedom and there is mm-hmm. peace. And apparently there's joy because we're going to be picking her up in a couple months from China. (laughs) Yes, I love that. Praise God, man. And even what's coming up for me when you're talking is just, I think for such a long time, Rebecca, I had this fear of being really honest with God. Mm -hmm. Like, I don't know if he can handle Mm -hmm. where I'm really at or my doubt, or will I be rejected or will I be a failure or Or what are other people going to think of me if I am admitting what I'm really struggling with my beliefs? Mm -hmm. And I love Psalm 139. It Mm -hmm. says like, um, before a word is even on my lips, like God knows it all together. Yes. And like, 
the voice I hear when you're saying like, do you trust me? Do you trust me? It's not this like con condemning or annoyed. Like, do you finally trust me? Like, come on. It's like this loving, tender, caring, like, do you trust me? And he knows that I don't, and he's not judging me for it. He's like, okay, like Mm -hmm. grab my hand. I got you. Like Mm -hmm. God is not, if God is God and if God is real, I don't think he can be so easily shaken by a 33-year-old's doubts. Exactly, or, exactly. Or, you know, like if he's infinite and I've only been yeah. here for 30 years and I'm like, oh gosh, I don't. I think God's ego is so delicate. I probably can't be so honest with him about this. Like, oh, honey. Because does he know who I am? I know. And honestly, our honesty is for us, right? He already knows it all. Our honesty right. is so that we will actually come to understand our blind spots. Mm-hmm. It's sometimes we don't know our sin or our blind spots until we say it out loud. And we're like, whoa, I guess that's what's really in my heart. But out of the yeah. heart, the mouth speaks. And sometimes right. we don't know what's in our heart until we are like, okay, God, here we go. Like, yep. no holds barred. This is how I feel about you. This is how mm-hmm. I feel about me. And I need you to get in the middle of this. That's and right. he is so not threatened by that. He is mm-hmm. so delighted in that because he's finally like, okay, here goes. Like, this is what I call real relationship. This is what it's about right here, right? where we get close. He, he loves it. Yeah. So I know we only have like a few more minutes. I want to, I wish we could just talk for hours about this. Um, but if there were like maybe a couple things, Rebecca, that you could offer to someone who's listening to this, that's like, I'm feeling neck deep in this, like mm-hmm. maybe a couple practical things for someone to hang her hat on. Like I'm dealing with anxiety. What can I do? Well, it kind of depends if you come from a place of faith, right? So for Mm -hmm. me, if you do come from a place of faith where you trust that there is a God in heaven, whether or not you're really consciously giving him control, um, I would start by saying like getting quiet. I would start by getting quiet. Um, I would get a journal. Like if you, if you, if you can, um, I love morning pages and writing out my, my, like on this ongoing dialogue with God first thing, right when you wake up, because that's when your natural ego defenses are down and you're most in tune with your subconscious. And that's a really great time to write according to Julie Cameron, which I, I agree with her. So I think just having this, inviting God into the stress, just say, God, I, I maybe I haven't talked to you in a long time. I don't even know for sure if you're real um, or if you care about this right now, but I actually want to offer this stress that I carry and I want to lay it down right now. I want to offer it to you and I want to, I want to invite you into this. And I, I would love for you through your spirit or your word or however, or maybe somebody, could you just tell me who you see in me? Speak to me. And so if you've got faith, I would just start by just have a conversation with God. It doesn't have to be fancy prayers. There's no like, there's no outline. There's no script. Mm-hmm. Just talk to him. Just talk to him. Um, and then, and then secondly, I'd talk to the people around you who know you well. So I'd start by God. I'd start by God. Start talking with him first. Then invite people around in your trusted circle and just say, hey, guys, um, I'm trying to get to the root of my stress and fear. I'm trying to get to the root of it. I can still medicate it and treat the symptoms. Uh, and maybe that'll be enough to manage it. But I'd like to really actually get to the root of it too. While I'm, while, I'm not against medication, but I'm just saying that'll treat the symptoms. Let's, let's go after the root because if we can go after the root, we might get to get off medication at some point. So I would invite people into that process of the root and say, 
usually I'm starting to notice, starting to take inventory of my life. And I, for, I'm always wanting to go like, when do you start to feel that chest tightening or like choking around your neck? Is it when you're looking at your eye cow? Is it when you're trying to do a deadline? Um, usually those are the things that you've kind of created as idols in your life. The things that stress you the most, you have the most control over and they mean the most to you for success. So I'd invite people in and go like, um, maybe it's relationships. Maybe it's, I, I don't know what it is. It's different for everybody. Maybe it's transition, but there's something in your life that means so much to you that you should probably invite people in and go, help me, um, like process when you see me come alive and when you see me flourishing versus when you see me kind of feeling like I got a, a hand around my throat and I'm smothering for air. Um, because it's, if we could just identify the, the thing that makes us come alive and feel free, and we could also identify the thing that like brings a choking <laughs> response, yeah. then, then that right there is going to give us a clue into the things that we need to lay down. And, and I would say then, once you know the things that bring that smothering, you, you lay that before God and you go, this means too much to me. And I ask mm. that you would get in the middle of it and you would help me reorder my affection first for you. And then that you would, out of the abundance of joy in my heart, because you're filling me by, with you, then I can approach. It doesn't mean you quit the thing. It's just you quit your perspective on the thing. You, mm. you shift the way you desire and how much it is that your identity is wrapped up in it. You go back to going, God, okay, I, I invite you in. And then now I just want to live from a place of freedom doing that thing. But if it were, if it were to go away, it wouldn't crush me because my identity doesn't rest in it. Does that mm. make sense? Yeah, that makes, that makes total sense. It's about like first, like bringing it out, like bringing the darkness to the light. And yeah. then I feel like that's, as long as it's in the dark, it's, we, we're submitting to it yeah, and bringing you, it to the light. Then we're like, all right, now what do I do with this? Like bring it to the light, bring yeah. it to God, bring it to community, yeah. be honest. Mm-hmm. I think like that's the first step to healing. And it, yeah. it um, you can't heal what is hidden. You cannot heal right. what is hidden and secrets lose power when they exit the dark. So I would always say, it doesn't mean the thing you're doing is bad. It just means that you have wrapped your identity in that thing versus God who gave you the gifts to do the thing. And so, so we hear identity in Christ and we're always like, that's really confused. Now understand that phrase, but what it, all, all it means is you're saying, um, no, God is so kind to give me these talents and passions and burdens and gifts. And he wants me to run fast and free, but he doesn't want me to fix my eye on that thing that that's what gave me the talents and the passions and the gifts. No, that's just the product of me living out who he's made me to be. So I can always come back to him and thank him first, worship him, praise him, confess to him, be in relationship with him. And then that is just the outflow that, 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 that call or that assignment that you're walking in. That's just the, that's just the outflow of whatever it is that that's already pure between you and God. And, and then you can literally hold it so loosely that God could say next year, like, okay, you, you killed that. That was awesome. Now I have this new assignment for you. And you're like, okay, Mm. let's do it. You're not holding Mm. so tight to the things you've built because you know that they were gifts in the first place and that there's going to be more gifts around the bend. An orphan Mm. operates from scarcity and thinks she's got to hold on because nothing else is going to happen. But a daughter knows that a father is going to always bring more around the bend. There's always Mm. more provision coming. There's always something new and exciting that he calls us into. And so I don't want to miss that thing because I'm holding so tight on what I can control. Does that make sense? That makes sense. Mic drop. Dang. Orphan versus daughter. 
Um, All right. Oh, girl. Oh, that's so good. And I know you have some like resources for free on your website that like address specifically with mental health and anxiety. So just before we end, can you share with my audience, like where can people find what you're up to? Where can they buy your books and where can they get access to your, your free resources? Cause you have a lot. It's awesome. Sure. Um, RebeccaLyons.com would be the easiest. And then there's a slash, uh, free. There's a page for free resources. We've got 10 tips on mental health, 30 verses on anxiety. We have video studies on rest and strength and confidence and freedom. So just whatever you need, it's all there. It's free. I love to just give people tools if they, you know, have already read the book and they want to do something deeper or they don't even have the money for the book and they want to just check it out, whatever works. My latest book is called You Are Free. It's on Amazon or wherever books are sold. Um, but, um, yeah. And you can find me on Instagram. That's probably where I hang out most. And that's just yeah. my handle is my name again. And it's spelled differently. It's Rebecca Lyons, R-E-B-E-K-A-H-L-Y-O-N-S. So good. Rebecca, even just talking with you right now, I feel like I feel known mm-hmm. and I feel like seen. And I think even just this conversation, I'm like, this is why it's so important to bring the darkness to light mm-hmm. because you're, you sharing your story. I have goosebumps because I'm like, I'm not alone. Yeah. And like, this isn't the story God has. And even just back to what you said at the very beginning, like our pain becomes our purpose. Mm-hmm. And I see that in you. And I, so I'm like, if that's true for you, it's true for me. And if it's true for me, it's true for her. And if it's true for her, it's true for him. Absolutely. So thank you for being brave and courageous and sharing your story. And I'm just so excited to see this next season with you and to see more of joy and um, so excited for your family. So thank you so much for your time and, and joining me. Thank you. It was my honor. I'm Kat Harris, and you've been listening to the Refined Collective Podcast. You can follow our journey on Instagram at The Refined Woman, our website, therefinedwoman.com for show notes, other features and interviews, and a deeper look into our tribe. Find us on iTunes, The Refined Collective. Subscribe, rate, review, and leave us some love. Join me next time. And thank you so much for listening. And one last thing, in case you ever forget, you are not alone. Your story matters and you belong here.